Hello, hello, and welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and gentle thems. You're listening to Magnum Oops, a podcast where Sierra and Jad talk about random stuff, and then, uh, uh, what are we, notorious stories, and then we uh, improvise, and that's that's the show. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> gentle thems. I love that. <laughs> and we do improv comedy based on whatever it is we're talking about and we make it up as we go along because we are improv comedy type performing people ish Mm -hmm. and so sit down and buckle your seatbelt get ready or you know jump around and get ready either way you may do that um (laughs) if you're in your car please park before jumping around but i'm not going to tell you what to do hey don't break a law but hey (laughs) hey hey So last week we did a show on Sierra's favorite band of all time, the Airborne Toxic Event, and it was a great one. And we got it out there in a timely manner. It was greatly received. We got hundreds and hundreds of fan emails and messages on social. Mm -hmm. And it's out right now as we're we're recording this. Definitely not still sitting in drafts. Nope. (laughs) Future... Um, aliens who are researching the human civilization will listen back on this and they will definitely believe that we got our episode out on time and you've already all heard it. So they're a very literal species. Chances are. Yeah. You're welcome. Yep. And here's another one you're going to be welcome for. (laughs) We are going to dive into a classic film, 1946. Now I love old movies. Mm-hmm. Love all movies. Love old movies. Love the, the classic Hollywood. You know, you had the studios, the MGM, and the Warner Brothers, and the rest the, of them. The, the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to jump into it. And Sierra yeah. said, let's do this movie. And I, I had heard the name, of course. Mm-hmm. I think the title of this movie just kind of lives in popular culture. It's kind of a it's out there in the ether. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a phrase you hear. And it's one of those things, at least for me, I've always heard about it, but I never knew, is it like a screwball comedy mm. or is it a drama? Or I don't know. I don't know what the story is. I just always heard the name. Mm-hmm. And the name is uh, The Postman Always Rings Twice. Mm-hmm. And because I was be thinking, I was thinking back on my life and every time I've ever referenced this movie. <laughs> As one does. Because I can remember this. And I know there's times where people have rung the doorbell twice. And I would go, must be the postman. Never even knowing why. Never, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never knowing that tragic um, context for it. Yes. What a, what a tragedy it was. It's, it's a film noir, I would say, pretty clearly. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, it's a film noir with kind of that tragedy undertone, which is kind of behind the title and theme of the movie, mm-hmm. um, which is The Postman Always Rings Twice. The Postman being God, fate, whoever you, Karma. whatever. Yeah. 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 It's uh, always coming for you. It'll get you. Yeah. If it misses you the first time, <laughs> you wait for that other doorbell to ring and that other shoe to drop. It'll ring twice. And then you're dead. You'll hear both those shoes outside your door. (laughs) That's when you know that you've died. (laughs) 
because it's good to be informed of when you've died. You want to be sure. You want to know. You want to know. You don't want ambiguity. Yeah. Opportunity doesn't knock twice, but death does. Damn. I love it. So there was a, a 1946 film, famous film, starring John Garfield and... Lana Turner. Yes. Um, and then in 1981, they did a remake, which was not as it, it has some points but not as good it was a heaping pile of garbage if i'm being candid that's what i meant to say <laughs> uh yeah starring jack nicholson and jessica lang mm -hmm. and in 81 uh and we're going to talk about both of them so spoiler alert yeah for a movie from 1946 <laughs> if you haven't had a chance to see it by now yeah if you must Pause the show, watch the movie, come back to us. It's on Amazon, I think. We'll wait. Yeah. We're going to sit here for as long as it takes for you to watch. All right? So, chop, chop. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. This is 1946. Yeah, see? <laughs> now... I loved, and I had not seen the movie until prepping for the show, mm -hmm. but it really has a lot of great dialogue. Yep. It's very not, quotable. Very quotable. It's not like over the top where it's like, yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, stereotypical gangsters, see? But there is a little bit of that flavor in there. It's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a movie where at least one person gets called a stool pigeon, <laughs> I'm in. I'm watching that movie. Yeah. Uh, a stool pigeon there, you know, I don't know. The, uh, uh, what is, hang on. Okay. I took notes for a reason. Hey, bringing up those notes. I'm bringing up them notes. Stealing a man's wife is one thing, but stealing a man's car, that's larceny. <laughs> <laughs> Mwah, beautiful. What a product of its time. <laughs> Um, plenty of gems like that. And we'll get into it later. We're going to pull up a, a page of quotes and we'll maybe even perform a little bit of the film. If you're lucky. If I'm personally no, lucky? You, listener, if you are okay, lucky. Okay, okay. <laughs> because a lot of the characters in this story are, are not are lucky. quite unlucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even the poor cat. I know. Yeah. Do we, Okay, do we want to talk about the first movie and then the second movie? I guess that's probably the easiest way. This was my thought. Okay. We should just talk through the story. Mm -hmm. And as we go, we could kind of like touch on the changes and the way this, the second movie was different. Sure. Okay. Because there's not like a lot to say about the sec the remake. It's no. just kind of... It's just worse. It's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they took, they took none of the good parts from the 1946 yeah. version. None of like, the dialogue. No, none of the cool dialogue. None of the... I mean, yeah, there was tension, I guess. <laughs> but it was so out there immediately. There was no time for it to, like, bubble up to the surface. It was yeah. just there, in your face. They just... They race right to the uh, the uh, sultry scenes, which... Yeah, honestly, quotations. Were really uh, rough. Highly rapey. Yeah. Um... There trigger were... warning like mm. yeah yeah i think in 1981 
this would have read as being edgy, but today yeah. it's like, dude, like yeah. you don't just slam. That was fucked. Yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah, you don't just slam a person up against the wall and then kiss her. And no, then, but well, you know, if, even in I remember. I mean, without like talking about it first, let's say. Right, <laughs> right. Establish some, right. that you're in a relationship. But Yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny because in watching, so um, I watched this movie with Sam. We were like, hey, I want to watch a movie. I was like, I want to watch something old. And Sam said, okay, noir. It's like, great. I know where I'm looking. Um and yeah, as we were searching for this one, we found out that there was one with Jack Nicholson. And as we were watching the first version, I was like, oh, I need to see Jack Nicholson in this role. Because the 1946 version, you're watching it, and it's like the first day that the, uh, what's his name, Frank? Frank. And Cora. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cora works, lives. Yes, let's, let's, yeah, let's probably set, set up the scene a bit. We'll set out the characters. Okay, um, just in broad strokes. Frank is a drifter. It's uh, Depression era California. He hitches a ride to this um, kind of ramshackle gas station and uh, lunch diner. Yeah, what did they called it? They called it like a lunchroom. Like a lunchroom, mm-hmm. like a roadhouse, but not like a Patrick Swayze roadhouse. No, no, unfortunately, ro- <laughs> no rooster claw in this one. <laughs> we'll have to come back to that that movie in another episode. It's yeah, because uh, truthfully, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. But oh yeah. We'll get there. We'll get to uh, Swayze Con. And because Point Break is legit, like mm. one of my favorite movies. Okay. I, I love it. I've yeah. seen that one time yeah. when I was like 10. But we digress. <laughs> Another California movie. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So he lands in this uh, ramshackle lunchroom with a sign that says help on it. Yeah. And so he inquires within and he ends up getting hired on. The place is run by this older Greek immigrant guy who's mm-hmm. just focused on running the business. And yep. he happens to be married to Cora, who is the, I was going to say the femme fatale, but like I for think, herself. <laughs> yeah, I think that she, she doesn't start out as a femme fatale, but as the story pushes her into desperation, she yeah. gets there. And I mean, the way that she's introduced very much screamed femme fatale to me because so uh frank walks in and he's like oh i saw your sign uh and he's talking to nick the owner of the place and then his wife walks in and in classic noir fashion you get the pan up from her feet Mm -hmm. all the way up her legs Mm -hmm. her body and then to her face Yeah, it's it's really iconic. I I was like, yeah, I love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shoot, do I have a crush on her? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I will note because we'll talk about the remake just kind of as we go through it. Yeah, the remake doesn't do anything no, to do that. She's nothing just creative. Like, she's just like back to the camera in the kitchen, and she's just like, yeah, what do you want? Here's some potato salad. And, yeah. Yeah. No subtlety at all. No, there's no allure there. No glamour. There's no art to it. Yeah. But okay. So the way that Frank comes into the place in the original, um, or the, like the, the way that he comes to work there at least, 
Um, it's different from the remake to where um, originally when Frank comes in, Cora meets him um, and she's, you know, the camera pans up and he and sees she's, her. She's she's dressed all in white. She's like, yes, she looks like she's going to go out to dinner she for looks, a night on the town. But also like she's about to go swimming or something. It yeah. felt like a very scandalous outfit for 1946. It probably was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but she's, it pans up. She's like putting on lipstick or something. Yeah. She drops it and she's like, oh, is that your lipstick? She's like, oh yeah. And holds out her hand for him to bring it to her, but he doesn't. And that, that's what gets her attention. Uh (laughs) It's like, oh, you're not fawning over me? Hmm. (laughs) A man I can't tame? (laughs) Well, this is interesting. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so right away she kind of notices, oh, I, like, have a thing for this guy. I'm married, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna... Unhappily gonna, married. Unhappily married. But the this is what I liked about the original, is that she's unhappily married, but because her husband owns the business and kind of will take her suggestions, she sort of de facto, like, co-owns the business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, she has a goal of... She wants to make something of the place. Yes, and, and of herself. And of herself, yes. Um, stake out her place in the world. And yeah. her options are limited in this poor, small town in yeah. California. Yeah. And just like as a woman in yeah, you know. society. <laughs> yes. That's worth noting. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, where was I initially going? Okay, yeah. So in the original, she's kind of shying away from him. She's it's more complicated. She like is not super happily married, but she does like that. She has some semblance of control in her life. Mm -hmm. So she like wants to maintain that and doesn't want this new guy kind of mucking up her thing. But along comes Frank. Along comes Frank. The prequel to, uh, along came Polly. (laughs) (laughs) They're very similar movie. (laughs) I disagree, but go on. (laughs) You're correct. Um, (laughs) Whereas in the remake, and okay, so I'll preface this also by saying I watched The Postman always, okay, what am I saying? We're going to call it T-Part because that's the acronym. (laughs) Well, we can't can't call it The Postman because that's already a Kevin Kevin Costner movie. Which I also haven't seen. Yes, which I saw once and it's, I think it's a hoot for being like a disaster. Right. Which is like right up, right up there with what I like. So eventually I will get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Tea part original feet tea part. Oh yeah. Feet tea part. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. That's all I remember of tea pain. That's the first thing I could think of. I'm on Uh, a boat. And it's going fast. And, I got a nautical themed Peshmina Afghan. I'm the king of the world in a boat like Leo. If you're on the shore, then you sure, sure ain't me. <laughs> God. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> what I'm trying to say <laughs> this is what we do, folks. So, the first time that I watched both of these movies, I did a double feature, Sam and I did. Um, and I watched the original twice. I could mm. not bring myself to watch the second one again. I was like, there's just no way. I, yeah. I can't do it. It's only 10 minutes longer than the original, but it feels like 
forever. Oh yeah, it drags and drags. <laughs> it's yeah. like the pacing is just all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my recollection of that one is more hazy, but the way that I remember things happening in that uh, adaptation is that sort of Jessica Lange's character, Cora, mm-hmm. it's the same character in both, um, in this version is kind of immediately drawn to Frank and there's less of a like, ooh, should I, shouldn't I yes. kind of thing. Yeah, it, they pretty much go straight to jumping on the the kitchen counter. Yeah. And they, she pushes the bread off the thing yeah. and the flowers everywhere. And then he assaults her. Yeah, he's he's putting his hands in places. And that, like, because this is the story it has to tell, she's going with it. So I think they're trying to set it up in that version where she's just like ultra horny. Yeah, and but like also, she also like says no at one point and then it's just the worst yeah however it keeps going yeah um but i did read about i didn't read the novel that both of these films were based on however um according to a couple articles i read the 1981 version with all of its violence is actually more closely aligned with the book as it was originally written Mm -hmm. unfortunately okay um it featured like sadomasochism and violence of all other sorts and yeah so when it was released it was banned in boston and canada i think you've done your research this is great i did (laughs) (laughs) um i did not get my hands on a copy of the book though what are you gonna do but yeah, so I thought that was interesting because mm-hmm. um, certainly for the time the book was written, it was 1934, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, S&M stuff is still taboo now for a lot of yes. people. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. so to have people reading about that in 34 seems like... This is a great piece of context because you're telling me that this was sort of kind of the 50 shades of its time? Like, probably, yeah. 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 Popular book. Yeah. It's, it's got, I mean, uh, you know, quote-unquote rough sex in it. Yeah. yeah. And as, though, as far as I know, this is not a fan fiction of any kind. Yeah. <laughs> this was just original some guy. <laughs> fan fiction was not a thing then, right? Well, no. They wouldn't have called it that. No. Was it a thing? Maybe. What would we don't been, know. What would have been the gangster term for fan fiction back then? <laughs> oh, being like, ah, the, the, the peacock's canvas. <laughs> the peacock's canvas. Well, you come up with something. <laughs> a uh, reimagining is the way that I would picture people talking. I don't know. No, I, okay. You need to do better than that. It's got to be, you got to involve, here's how you create um, <laughs> gangster slang. We're gonna, Enlighten me, please. We're going to figure this out right here. <laughs> You've got to involve um, an animal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like stool pigeon. Yes. Okay. Or a bird. Yeah. Yeah. A bird. Or a lady. Or a dame. Right? A dame. Yeah. Her legs went on for days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. So the term, this is the shortcut. You have to have an animal mm-hmm. and you have to have a ancient object, like a, like a anachronistic object. Right. So, so it'd be like a, like a, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It'd be like a porpoise's papyrus. 
Yeah, see? Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you trying to pull over on me? This isn't an original Sherlock Holmes story. What is this, some kind of porpoises papyrus? <laughs> a, a porpoise colossum? No. <laughs> what are no. you trying? <laughs> I think there's a part of the brain called a corpus callosum or something. I want to a... say that's the part that like connects left and right brain. It doesn't matter. That's I... like hardly even a joke and only I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm here for it because I'm here with you. It's a, nope, I was about to say a foxy fax. Fax? I don't think fax was, how, when did that become a thing? Okay, okay, but that's, but you're getting there. A foxy yeah. fax, that's yeah. okay, that's okay. Foxy fiction, but. Yeah. Anyway, it could have, it, it was not fan fiction, <laughs> is what we're trying to say. <laughs> what and, is this, a manatee's Magna Carta? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, hmm. Damn, I'm just... <laughs> okay, do, do you want to... Are you leading to something that happened when you watched the movie or do, are we going to... Do you want to continue with the story? No, I was... Oh, yeah, I was trying to compare and contrast the way in which Frank is introduced in the original versus the remake. Okay, okay. Um, like, the way that his character and Cora like, get together. Mm -hmm. Because... Oh, yeah, this is why. Like... So when we were watching the original version, even it seems so tame after watching the 81 version. Yeah. But when we were watching it initially, it still felt icky and yeah. cringy. He just, he plants a kiss right like on Like the first day that they meet, I think. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> You know, the way that they kiss in those movies where it's like, oh, here's my face. I'm just going to push it as like much as I can onto yours so that you can't right. breathe yeah <laughs> and it's the old romantic rorschach <laughs> it was only a kiss uh, how, did how did it, it end, end up, up like, like this, this? <laughs> driving over a cliff <laughs> <laughs> but like sort of but not really <laughs> doing a lousy job of driving over yeah. a cliff. but we're jumping ahead At, mm -hmm. so they uh, begin this affair and things are okay for a while, mm -hmm. but um, help me out because something precipitates them talking about plotting to kill the husband. Yeah. Um, I forget. So in the original one, it's just kind of, yeah, there, there's more leading up to their affair to where it almost seems like Nick, her husband, is like an intentional cuckold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, there's two separate instances where Cora comes in when Frank and Nick are just chilling and mm -hmm. uh, drinking. Drinking as, a lot. As you do. Um, and she comes in and Nick has a guitar and she's like, play us a song. Uh, and mm -hmm. dance for us. Right. And he's like, do yeah. dance for us. She's like, well, I'm not going to like dance alone. You dance with me, husband. And he's like, no, Frank, yeah. you dance with yeah. her. He's and like, uh, look how much trust I have with this man. I, right. I hired a week ago. <laughs> dance with my wife, my attractive wife. That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> he sounds like Borat <laughs> and looks like Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I did sort of get, I got that like intentional cuckold vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because, it, and I could almost see like a twinkle in his eye, if mm. I'm not mistaken, which obviously in 46 was like, you know, Ex- not a th- explicit. Yeah, it's totally not a thing. Um, but he says that they should dance. And so they do begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I don't know, he leaves. Nick, the husband, yeah, is very different in the two movies. Yes, in the forty-six, I I like, I liked him, even though he had he had jerk-like qualities. Yeah, but, but he, he still was, he has redeeming qualities. Though. Yeah, he, he was like a a teddy bear almost, or like yeah. a, a grandfather that yes. you would like you'd love to have a Werther's original with. Yes, <laughs> and you did get the sense that while she maybe wasn't not maybe she definitely wasn't in love with him that they had some sort of friendly relationship like they didn't hate each other they were a working couple i don't i don't think they had like a sexual relationship right and that's what was kind of um emphasized by that scene yeah where he's having them dance with each other he's like driving her into his arms right passion right? right in the remake nick is a piece of shit he's just a dick and yeah. not in the cop way oh uh, yeah he's not a <laughs> private dick he's a he's a public dick <laughs> and he's way more of a of an abusive drunk yeah like fall down drunk and um you know and like handsy drunk and just handsy and her. also like physically violent yeah to where yeah there's no gray area it's just black and white he's shitty yeah yeah which you know in that case it makes more sense that she could have fallen for um frank. jack nicholson's frank yeah because he's also a piece of shit yeah yeah <laughs> it's like none of them are likable you yeah you don't care about any of the characters in the remake there's no nice characters no you know relatable characters in the original there's at least there's a bit of tragedy to the fact that yeah. nick gets offed yeah there, like, there's complexity. You feel bad for him. Yeah. Um, Even though he's he's a he's a patriarch, and he's you know late late in the story or midway, he's like, I'm I've decided to sell the place, and we're going to yeah. move to northern Canada. No, we've discussed it. Yeah, she's that, like, that's you know, the I, end of it. No, I've 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 done a great deal of thought, and yeah, that's what I've decided. Yep, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, which on. First watching, I interpreted as like Frank talked him into that. Oh, I didn't think I picked that up. I don't know if I made that up, yeah. um, or just imposed that on. I don't think so because he has a sister who right who like is needed infirm. medical attention. Yeah. Right, and he's like, "Oh, it'll be great for us to be there, especially you as a woman." She's like, "Fucking fantastic!" Yeah, like I was gonna own my own business, and now I'm just a chambermaid yes <laughs> um yeah well i think the another reason why i in my mind i thought that he had talked to him sorry that frank had talked to nick into selling the place mm-hmm. was that um earlier on in the movie their sign breaks during a storm it was mm-hmm. one of those like painted on wooden signs that kind of hangs from just like a plank rickety old yeah falling apart thing yeah it falls down and um frank goes to fix it but in talking to cora he uh discovers that well she basically says i don't want it to be fixed i've always wanted a new sign um 
And so Frank kind of talks Nick into getting a new neon sign mm -hmm. cool. um, that's like flashier and will no doubt attract more customers if they're on the road at night. It's the latest technology, baby. Yeah. Neon. It's like, actually, it uses two-thirds less electricity than blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, look at this guy, salesman. And it's <laughs> <laughs> and the way that the scene is shot is very nice because Frank is literally like in the middle of Cora and Nick. Mm. And you can see as Frank is, is selling this idea to her husband that she's kind of tickled. She's She's got like a, uh, I don't know, a smirk on her face. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. Well, I guess that's nice. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see the, the complexity within the relationship, um, like in the shot, in the performances. It's really, it's a classic film for a reason. Yes, yeah. it is. And, you know, it's definitely goofy in parts, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in a charming way, mostly. And with that neon sign, they're like, that much closer to being a synthwave album cover. <laughs> Which we all know is hashtag aesthetic. The ultimate goal <laughs> of all depression era roadside diners. As we know. Yeah, so wait. So was this supposed to be set before World War II? Yes. Okay. Which is, I for some reason didn't get that in watching it because the way that I was interpreting uh well, and I guess it's because they're telling the story from a post-World War II lens. Like, they made it in 46. The war is fresh in their minds. Yes. Yeah, just the, th the themes of Cora's character wanting to be, you know, a business owner, quote-unquote, make something of herself, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but is held back simply by her gender, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, and... Her limited station in life. Yes, and so in that sense, in this version, you feel sympathy for her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's got, you know. Very few options. Yes. Yeah. And so the story moves along and she decides to work with Frank mm -hmm. to kill her husband. Dun, dun, dun. And their first attempt fails. Yes. The idea is uh, they've, they've, contrived it so that she can go into the bathroom while uh, Nick is taking a shower and she'll club him with a bag of ball bearings, club him in the back of the head. So then mm -hmm. he falls and then she'll sneak out like through the window yeah. and then come down a ladder. And so the door will be locked from the inside. So it must've been that he slipped and fell in the top, yeah. right? That's the idea. Yeah. And fate or the postman, I guess. Or the, whatever, the cop on the motorcycle. Yeah, the, the motorcycle <laughs> cop happens to come the along. motorcycle dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they have a plan um, that they discuss right before the, you know, they go forward with their plot <clears throat> where Cora's going to go up there and uh do the deed mm -hmm. <laughs> and um you know frank will be there waiting for her in the car but if something goes awry like if somebody shows up that frank will honk the horn honk the horn um to say to give the signal of yes. uh you know call it off yeah and it it cuts to him outside you see him 
what like you know the car a, a couple cars drive by he's like got his hand hovering over the yeah. very <laughs> suspenseful moment is any is someone going to stop are they just driving yeah. by yeah. yeah um and then the motorcycle cop pulls over and starts talking to nick mm-hmm. and and he spots the ladder he spots the ladder which is kind of an this, this it's a little contrived yes they, like why would he be like such make such a big deal of oh wow there's a ladder over there yeah well i think the idea wasn't that like <clears throat> in just seeing the ladder he's gonna be like well they're clearly killing someone right. <laughs> i think it was more so like for afterwards when they were investigating yeah the quote unquote accident that the the sheriff or whatever I the forget. da would put yeah. two and two together yes and realize that hey maybe this was planned um but he notices the ladder not because the ladder is there but because there is a cat next to the ladder he just says hey look look at that and where <laughs> everybody's like wait what because because <laughs> you think maybe he's pointing up into up to the window yeah but no he's pointing to the there's a cat <laughs> Climbing the ladder. Yeah, climbing the ladder yeah. <laughs> in the most unnatural way. I've never seen a cat climb a ladder, I, I, you know, so I can't say whether it's accurate. But you can tell somebody coaxed the cat up there. <laughs> well, I'm going to buy a ladder for you guys so you can watch your <laughs> Just cats to see. climb a ladder. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that they'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> so he makes it because the story needs him to. He makes a yeah. big deal about noticing the ladder. Mm-hmm. And then I think the cop then drives away. Yeah, the cop drives away. And then... The poor kitty. The poor, poor cat. Steps on an open fuse. Yeah, goes all the way up the ladder. Steps the, on, yeah. Yeah, there's some exposed wiring because they were setting up the neon sign. Mm-hmm. The cat gets fried. Poor kitty. Um, and that blows out all the power in the place because it's night. Yep. And then... And um, Cora's screaming. Cora screams. Frank runs upstairs. Yeah. But I guess Nick has fallen anyway because it's dark. Yeah. (laughs) That's not entirely clear. (laughs) So ultimately, Nick goes to the hospital, but he's not been killed. And it's a little touch and go, though. They're like, he's unconscious. And they're like, oh, well, fuck. Now we need him to live. Yeah. Because, yeah, we can't have them investigating. Yeah. But but they do anyway. By they, I guess it's the DA. The DA and like the insurance people? No, that's for the later. Yeah, the insurance thing is. We'll gloss over this. It gets. I know. Yeah. It gets a little like (laughs) wonky. (laughs) If you if you love insurance scam stories, (laughs) you'll love this one. Or you might hate it. I don't know. Hey. Uh, Yeah. So he's in the hospital, and he being Nick, obviously. Um, for like a week. And for that week, Cora and Frank are... It's like a honeymoon for them. Yes. Yeah. They, they run the shop. They mm-hmm. can... Uh, they go to the beach. They go to Bone Town. <laughs> Boy, do that. No, you can't tell because it's the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Like, that's implied by like a raised eyebrow. Right. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like... <laughs> It's like a close-up on her face, lit yeah. very precisely. With yes. like <laughs> you know how they would do the like the spotlight on just the eyes. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, I and I miss that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I wish they did that in, in more recent. Ways. I wish they did it in real life. <laughs> that too. <laughs> like when you go to the bank, there should be a light there, and you're like, I need to withdraw 
money to pay for the funeral for my poor husband. I'm now southern. <laughs> In these trying times. <laughs> I do uh, declare. <laughs> um, okay, I brought up the beach, though, and that brings me to a, a different point going back to the Nick being an intentional cuckold theory. <laughs> okay. Where uh, Cora's trying to get out of the house. It is nighttime, but she's like, I'm going to go to the beach for a swim. <laughs> As yeah. you do, yeah. I guess. Um, in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. The Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and she, like, to get out of the house to get, the implication is to get away from Frank because she's trying to distance herself and, you know. Not be tempted. Yes. By temptation. Yes. And she walks out, gets in the car. Lo and behold, Frank is in the car. Yeah. And he said, yeah, Nick said I ought to come with you. He said it was okay if with him if it was okay with me or something yeah so they go to the beach he's cool with it he's cool with it i don't know i don't know <laughs> seems a little weird <laughs> so they go to the beach uh at night in air quotes right because it's very clearly well it's not even day for night it's just in black and white and so yes. they're like ah fuck it right <laughs> it's very well, clearly daytime underexposed ever so slightly yeah and just use dialogue yes yeah to um, say, Boy, it sure is a cold night here yeah. in nighttime. <laughs> now that the sun has gone down and I can see the stars. And they're they're swimming, they have a good time. They get back to the place and they're kind of giggling and whatnot. It's like he's kind of uh Frank has kind of gotten on Cora's good side. But they get home and they um sort of wake Nick up and he comes out and he's like, Oh, Cora, I didn't expect you to, to be back this early. Like, what? <laughs> My darling, you haven't had enough time to go to Bone Town. <laughs> My darling, please, it'll hurt my feet. <laughs> Allow me to play for you a, a sultry tune. Get you in the mood. <laughs> it reminded me, I don't know if you've seen The Other Guys. With, with uh, Will, Will Ferrell and no, Marky Mark. No, I haven't seen that. Okay, well. You still call him Marky Mark? I Yeah. I like that. <laughs> He's... It's Marky Mark or Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say it with the accent. No, but there's a scene in uh, a line in that movie where he's like, you get back here and you make love to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way that it felt. Um, I should also point out that the lyrics in the songs that Nick sings are very, very on the nose. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Did you take notes? <sighs> I, I, I feel like I remember and now I don't remember this. I don't remember if I actually wrote it down. Okay. Um, no, I did not. But basically it's like something in the song of like, she could do so much better than me or something. <laughs> right, right. She's funny that way. Yeah. And you're like. She's got so much potential. Right. And it adds, that's what I'm saying. Team Nick is a cuckold on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> in the 46 version. Yeah. But yeah, and so I was brought back to the beach because the beach is like sort of a happy place for them. That's They go back there during their quote-unquote honeymoon mm -hmm. phase while Nick is in the hospital. And then it comes back again later. But before we do that, I say we go back to the 81 version. Where there's no beach. If we must. There's no beach. Oh my god. It's so fucking ham-handed. Like <laughs> <laughs> You get to the hotel slash restaurant in this one. And immediately you see a cat running around near, like after, so after I had just watched the 46 version, I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
fuck this. Why this is so not the thing that you should be focusing on. <laughs> but I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, when the police come to investigate the accident, though, that's when one of my favorite um, lines happens. Mm-hmm. Where wait, are we at the accident now? The, yes, the, the, not the, the, ba- the bathtub. Accident. The bathtub one. Yeah. 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 Um, Because the the motorcycle cop comes back. Yes. He comes back and and Frank's like, oh, look, there's your cat. I have it written down. I'm glad you do. Because I noticed (laughs) this really stuck out to me. (laughs) And it said more than once. Um, (laughs) Well, he's dead. Yep. Dead on the door now. Cats know nothing about electricity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. The motorcycle cop is just obsessed with this dead cat he's obsessed with cats in general yeah like i love cats always getting up to something drives away (laughs) (laughs) look at that one just no longer alive yeah (laughs) yeah because well and it's very obvious that frank is like trying to get him to remember the cat like it's like in a sitcom yes it really is (laughs) he's like wow yeah i remember him he's dead in the doornail the yeah? cat that is you remember <laughs> <laughs> the cat he's dead this could have been a slime fell deader than the doornail <laughs> it would have fit it would in that scene yeah do we want to try some scenes now or wait until we go through yeah okay shoot let's do it okay okay so i've pulled up some of the dialogue back and forth it's pretty much all between Frank and Cora. All right. So now we're going to read some dialogue from the movie and then we will keep going. And you won't know where the dialogue ends and <laughs> our scene begins. Oh, uh, they'll probably know. No, they won't know. Okay. <laughs> Cora and Frank are talking. They're, yes. Um, they're just, Cora is distraught. Uh, they're trying to figure out what to do with their lives. Um, what to do about Nick. What to do about Nick. More specifically. The scene begins. The scene begins. What are we going to do? That's great coming from you after you've been hi-hatting me the way you have. What else could I do? Oh, Frank. Frank, if only I'd met you first. Well. Frank, do you love me? Yes. Do you love me so much that nothing else matters? Yes. There's, there's one thing we could do that would fix everything for us. What? Pray for something to happen to Nick? Something like that. Cora! Well, you suggested it yourself once, didn't you? I was only joking. Were you? Yes, I was. Why had you started to think about it a little? Maybe I said it, but I didn't really mean it. Well, I say it again now, and I do mean it. Cora! Listen to me, Frank. I'm not what you think I am. I want to keep this place and work hard and be something, that's all. But you can't do it without love. At least a woman can't. I've made a big mistake in my life, but I've got to be this... I've got to be this way just once to fix it. But they'd hang you for a thing like that. Oh, but not if we do it right. And you're smart, Frank. You'll think of a way. Plenty of men have. He never did anything to me. But darling, can't you see how happy you and I would be together here without him? Do you love me, Cora? That's why you've got to help me. Because I do love you. Yes, you do. You couldn't get me to say yes to a thing like this if you didn't. Now, what do we know about Nick? He's my husband. I ought to know something. All right, think. Think, damn you, think. I'm trying. He likes, he likes to drink. All right, that's something. We can use that. 
plenty of other guys have figured out ways to off a guy based on just one piece of information. And now that we got one, we can definitely just do that. Can't you see, Frank? That's all we need. One idea and love. (laughs) Yeah, I'm aware of that. We just talked about it. Well, I wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking, see? So he likes to drink. So we get him to go for a swim. And then we tell him, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nick. Hey, remember how you like to drink? And then while he's out in the water, he'll, he'll be like, oh, yeah. Why don't I get a, just start drinking this water that I'm swimming around in? And then he'll start drinking the seawater at the beach. And then he'll, That man does love seawater. He'll have an electrolyte imbalance. <laughs> and then eventually he'll have complications, uh, health complications that will result in him perishing probably five or ten years earlier than he normally would. Well, Frank, I've got no idea what electrolytes are, but if you think it'll work... Baby, with your brains and my looks... (laughs) We could do anything. We could figure out what electrolytes are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Completely seamless. That's how the whole <laughs> scene went in the movie. But this, I as we were doing that, I remembered how many twists and turns this movie has. Yeah, yeah. They because try like, to kill him, they don't. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, what was the... Well, because there's... Um, I said the thing about him drinking. Well, A, because it's the 40s. Alcoholism was just casual. It, it was <laughs> compulsory, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Nick is driving home drunk. Yes. Because you did that sort of thing back then. Yeah. And uh, then the motorcycle, the, the dicks. Yeah. The dicks would be like, all right, just uh, take it easy. And they'd let you go <laughs> <Yeah>. home. <laughs> but he, so he, he What does, are you doing, you heel? <laughs> what are you doing with a thing like that? <laughs> Come on. You ought to know better. <laughs> Haven't you got a wife at home? Uh, put the scare into her. <laughs> But yeah, he like almost crashes the car. Frank and Cora see this. And so, you know, a little, little plans start hatching oh, mm-hmm. up there in the, in the old noodle. Yeah. Up in the thought factory. <laughs> That's what they called it back then. <laughs> they did not know what brains were. <laughs> There's a mall I know named Sarah. With your looks in my thought factory. Sarah Bellum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, she lives sort of near my friend, Amy G. Dalla. <laughs> <laughs> Brain jokes. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So, where were we before that? Yeah. Um, they're plotting to kill Nick. Yes. They see him driving drunk. Mm-hmm. I see him driving drunk. And yeah, a plan starts to form. I also wanted to go back again to the 81 version. Okay. It's so fucking forgettable. <laughs> it's I watched awful. it last night and I don't remember how they <laughs> how they pulled it off. They don't. I mean, you know, the first time, uh, you yeah. know, uh, I, for, I don't even remember. The cat with the ladder happens, yes, obviously. Basically the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Just sigh. 
they had in the in the remake they had to make a prop of a dead cat that was fried so you had to see it which mm-hmm. i thought was a little gruesome a little bit a little bit when i see things like that in movies i think does, did someone keep that like does that mm, still exist oh, for somewhere sure. yeah. yeah it probably exists in like a warehouse somewhere yeah like in indiana jones it's in the indiana jones cinematic universe yes <laughs> yeah see <laughs> if a movie has a fedora in it then it, it guaranteed <laughs> yeah it's in the same storyline universe as mm-hmm. indiana jones yep and uh you can quote us on that <laughs> <laughs> That's the Magnum Oops promise. <laughs> like, see, I'm, I'm just trying to remember what happens in the 81 version. I, I, I think it's basically the same they, in, in terms of where they actually like drive over a cliff. Well, yeah. So like that part, but also in the planning of it, the, so in the original one, uh, Frank actually does say like, as a joke, mm-hmm. like, oh, wish he'd just go away yeah yeah like i'd like to see him drive off a cliff right yeah yeah uh whereas yeah like so he he says it as a joke they kind of laugh it off in the remake cora says this she's just Mm -hmm. she's just blatantly like i want to kill my husband (laughs) because the dialogue is so just explicit just it's just it's so dumb (laughs) it's like brute force like the, the, There's no art to it. No, the way that I, the way that I described it, it's like a broad strokes. Like someone made the movie according to somebody else's description of it. <laughs> right. Like right. husband bad, new guy good, me horny. That's <laughs> yeah. like all of Cora's yeah. character arc. Yeah. That's it. There's no nuance. Thank you. Yeah. No nuance. There's no like all of the characters are just bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Frank is like it's not fun to spend time with them. It's not. Yeah. Frank is a like just straight up a rapist. Yeah. Cora and it, like and with the original like yeah, they're they have questionable morals, but it's fun to watch them. Right. They they well they have questionable morals, but they do like you can see them struggling at least. Right. Right. That's a <laughs> you good can point. see the mental wheels like turning. Right. Like making that calculation of yeah, oh, I could I could try to do a terrible thing. Or I could continue living this terrible life. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there was actually, for Cora, there was, uh, be, there, there's another point I forgot when like Nick comes home, or he like go, he leaves for a trip or something, and at that point Cora's like, oh, we should run away together, mm-hmm. and they try to, and they're gone for like half a day like in my mind it's like 45 minutes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like hitchhiking and she's like they're like actually late morning to early afternoon yeah she's like actually i don't want to do this at all like why are we hitchhiking right i don't want to be a tramp on the road like i want to own my own business hashtag boss bitch <laughs> <laughs> ahead of its time <laughs> um like yeah so part way in their journey uh, she decides, you know what? Nope, this isn't what I want. I want to go back. So she's taking charge of her life. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And because there was something good for her at home, mm-hmm. it wasn't her husband. It was the business. It wasn't absolute misery. It was right. just a, t- a tough life, but not, yes, not- but it had, it had some like her, it seemed like her goal in life 
was to make something of herself in a career of some kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the remake, she just like, I don't know. It's just shitty in her regular <laughs> life. It's maybe, maybe marginally less shitty mm-hmm. with Jack Nicholson's character mm-hmm. because, 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 <laughs> because it's different. I guess because yeah, I, I was going to say like because sex, but it seems like her husband forces that on her anyway, but so does like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the, the rock in a hard place type it's, deal. It's getting sex forced on you from someone you don't want it from versus someone you some of the time want it from. Yeah. Essentially. That's what it comes I down guess. to. Yeah. And it's also, kind of like borderline they treat the husband kind of borderline racistly (laughs) i don't know they're just like oh he's a big greek guy and he's hairy and he drinks and punches her yeah i don't know it just felt very very in your face and they they also uh allude to them having a difference in culture Mm -hmm. um where I think when he comes back from the hospital, they have a big party yeah, for him. Yeah, big party. It was a big extended family. And so this Cora's, was not in the original movie. Yeah. But yeah. like his family's there and Cora's not having any of it. She gives absolutely zero reason why she's married to this guy. I don't yeah. think we ever find that out. In the remake, no. In the no. original. In the original, she flat out says. She says uh, there weren't a lot of options for you know a young yeah. pretty girl. And so at least this guy, he's got money. So he yeah. can provide a comfortable-ish life. Right. Yep. And, like, wasn't... Well, and he also just wasn't a piece of shit completely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He at least, like, was nice to her (laughs) and seemed to want good things for her, Mm -hmm. even if he was, you know... Yeah. Well, a little bit chauvinist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but it was the 40s. It was the time. 20s. Uh, Or 30s? Somewhere in there. The 30s. Because depression. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I digress. Point being, we get to they hatch a plan to a second plan. a second plan to kill him uh, by staging it so that he looks like he was driving drunk mm-hmm. and drove off a cliff. But I'm thinking back to like so how they how it plays out is they have like an act that they're gonna do at a gas station, right? But then they're like, oh no, wait, we'll do it here because. Oh, look, yet again, a cop is here while we're trying to commit murder. (laughs) (laughs) Just happens to show up. (laughs) Oh, no, we're doing the show now. (laughs) And so, yeah, they make a big show of it. Nick is genuinely very drunk. That man does like to drink. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Luckily for Cora, he doesn't really get, like, abusive or anything when he drinks. He just... In the original. In the original, yeah. He just... uh, sings a lot and just gets goofy yeah (laughs) um drowsy yes and they stage it so that he's trying to drive but core so they stage it so that core is the only sober one in the group yes both frank and nick uh frank is playing drunk nick is actually very drunk yes um but cora makes a show of saying get out of here like i'm driving in front of the cop Mm -hmm. so they'd Mm -hmm. be like okay have a good night (laughs) like nothing strange to see there and i don't know actually what their 
plan was in that it case. It doesn't fully make sense to me because if the cop sees them driving away and Cora's and Cor- driving, right. but then they're supposed to find this car crash and Nick is in the car yeah. driving yeah. in the driver's seat, then... So like, just he pulls- like wrestles her out of the driver's seat? <laughs> yeah, to me that's like more suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like when you're making a show of it. And but, but maybe you have to put it in the context of the time and say like, well, the husband just forced his way to be in control. Maybe. But also, like, I think at the time, I don't remember. I think the production code was, like, in effect at this point, where if someone commits a crime, like, they have to have a consequence befall them at Mm -hmm. the end. Like, either they die or they're in prison. Right. So maybe by making it obvious that, like, something was up, that was supposed to precipitate out the yeah. end of the movie yeah, yeah. i don't know um but anyway they draw they are driving out to the beach or something and cora's like oh i want to take a drive to the beach at night that is her mo to yeah. be fair uh, that's been established she loves the beach at night <laughs> <laughs> i mean who doesn't <laughs> i guess um and they reach a, a cliff and they stop to look at the view or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the plan is they stop the car, Frank from the backseat will smash Nick over the head with a, a wine bottle yep. to get him to pass out. They leave and then just push the car, push the car the over the hill, <laughs> which I guess the point was, or their, uh, aim was to make it look like they jumped out of the car as yeah. it was about to go over the cliff. Yeah. It's really like, it really doesn't hold up. No, to, in my opinion, <laughs> but that's how the story is written. So. And it didn't even hold up that way in the story, of well, course. That's true. Yeah, because what what actually the DA happens? gets wise to him. Yeah, but he tries to hit him over the head, or like he does hit him over the head. Oh, they, and then it's the car doesn't fall down all the way. It doesn't go all the way. So then uh, Frank has to go down there and try to push it further. Yes, but then, while Cora walks up and tries to scream for help. For yeah. someone while carrying her handbag that she ostensibly carried with her as she jumped from a moving car. <laughs> <laughs> Come makes, on. It makes sense, people. Haven't you ever committed a crime before? Right. <laughs> Gather your belongings and leap to safety. Yeah. Ironically, what happens, and this was so funny to me, <laughs> even on second watching, where so Nick goes down there or Frank goes down to where Nick is kind of passed out in the car to try and push the car down. (laughs) But it ends up that he ends up in the car rolling down the rest of the way down the hill. (laughs) So Frank gets beat up bad. Yes. But Nick is, but Nick dies. He dies. He's done in. And like, I guess, you know, for argument's sake, he probably already had some sort of brain trauma from the original fall. Yeah. Whatever. We yeah. give him a pass. <laughs> and he fell down the entire cliff, whereas right. Frank only fell down part of the cliff. One part of this that I was really disappointed that they didn't reincorporate later mm. was they made a point that there's a strong echo where they are. Yeah. And right. yeah, because uh, Nick is like singing and can hear coming back to him and because he's drunk this is very novel to him um and even when uh when frank hits him over the head you can hear 
the sound of that impact like reverberating back to them. And I so wanted that to be like somebody heard it. A piece of evidence. Yes. It seems like it would have been. But it doesn't come back. Yeah. Total red herring. It's like, okay, well, fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, so then it cuts to like Frank is in the hospital after the fall. A cop is talking to him immediately afterwards. Because mm-hmm. um, now the police, the DA, are getting suspicious. Yes. Because here's two instances where this Nick guy like the, the has almost died or died. Yeah. Yes. And also in the presence of Frank, because yes. so the first time, yes. obviously he's there, he's the handyman after the accident happens and Cora decides not to leave her husband. Frank does leave for a bit and works nearby, but like still hopes to see them and gets connected with them anyway. And like the day after he gets back they're like, okay, now let's really kill him. Nah, yeah. <laughs> so it's completely not suspicious at all. Yes. <laughs> no other crimes are happening right. <laughs> anywhere in the vicinity. And the DA is just like, I am laser focused on yes. avenging Nick Papa-octopus. Papa-octopus. And... Fun fact, um, as I was watching this, or as Sam and I were watching this, he was like, did they read him his rights? I was like, uh-uh, Ooh. this is before the 60s. Miranda rights were the thing. That's right. Take that, Carmen Miranda. Yeah. I mean, th- th- thanks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a Miranda. <laughs> rights. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda writes, act, no. <laughs> Stop, I'm halting this. <laughs> so, yeah, Miranda rights were not a thing, and they were fully free to just coerce him. You there, come here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they have this, like, I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, you know, at the time it felt like, wait, a TA can't do that. Yeah. The DA basically entraps. He totally could yeah. in the 30s. Yeah. <laughs> The DA entraps them by, uh, he basically, he tells Nick that Cora has squealed on him. Mm -hmm. And then that prompts Nick to sign a piece of paper. He's like, this is the only piece of paper that's going to save you, see? Mm -hmm. And he signs it, which basically is a confession for him. Yeah. Which he signs, like, after being unconscious from a car accident. Right, right. (laughs) Um, And in the remake, the lawyer Mm -hmm. uh, does make a point of that. Mm. Like, you know, you can't use that signed confession. He was coerced and he was yeah. uh, you know, recovering from a concussion. And uh-huh. So I, I will give the remake credit on that. Yeah. But like, also at the time when this is occurring, would that have been a thought in their minds? You know, that's you a know? fair point. It's, fair I mean, point. it's, it's from a, a 1981 lens. Yeah, you're right. So, you know. Okay. Well, I take it away. No, <laughs> no credits to remake. It is a piece of steaming garbage. <laughs> Um, or as one reviewer put it, <clears throat> from start to finish, I rank Teapart as being nothing but a putrid pile of pure cinematic excrement. Strong words, but... Three stars. <laughs> no. No. It was one star. <laughs> um, you kind of don't know where the movie is going, yeah. which is nice. 
um, especially for an older film, because mm -hmm. you would think like, oh, we've been using the same like tropes and story arcs for ages. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, this one, it goes from like really uncomfortable love story in quotes mm -hmm. to like uh, a crime movie yeah. to then like the way that the legal system is like fucking them over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just wild. <laughs> it is. It is. And as I was watching the original, especially, I mm -hmm. was thinking, um, surely you this... can't be serious. <laughs> but I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, surely this movie was an inspiration for the Coen brothers. Oh, yeah. Because you've got the crime. Uh -huh. You've got the there's wacky characters. Yeah. And, uh, I could see that. Yeah. And I'm see, a huge Coen brothers fan. I wish that they would remake this movie oh maybe they yeah i would watch the fuck out of that okay i would too whatever fuck is left in it after you watch it i would then watch the i would allow you to have the leftovers I would, I would watch the remaining the residual fuck that's still in the movie <laughs> which is the coen brothers so it's still a substantial amount yes yes <laughs> but i can <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so in the original there's there is a lot going on but you can kind of see how it flows and stitches together where it's kind of a slippery slope for these two characters it's mm -hmm. like once you've you know committed murder <laughs> once you half commit murder then you kind of like yeah you want to finish it and then that just precipitates more and more problems yeah for you. and then you can hold people up at gunpoint you can yeah. punch them right in the face. Right, right. People will try to blackmail you. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get to the section of the story where it's this legal back uh -huh. and forth. And she uh, puts in a guilty plea. Mm -hmm. And then it gets talked down to just manslaughter of probation. Mm -hmm. And there's a back and forth between the lawyers. And then between the lawyers and the judge where they're just straight up like conniving yeah yeah in the courtroom <laughs> yeah and the da and the lawyer and frank's lawyer have a hundred dollar bet yeah. going on like ethics methods uh, it's like you know movies like this are why everybody thinks that all lawyers are scum <laughs> yes yes and i remembered in the original at the very beginning of the movie um frank gets a ride to like he's he's hitching a ride yeah and then the like the the, mo the motorcycle dick comes along <laughs> talks to the guy in the car who gave him a ride yeah and then drives off uh and then the guy drives off and then he frank talks to the motorcycle dick and he's like he slipped you something didn't he mm -hmm. and he's like yeah he's he told me three words i'm yeah. the da yeah. right the district attorney yeah it was just a, a you know yeah down the way and i liked that a lot because it establishes in this world that everybody is corrupt yeah you know yeah, it, yeah. from the get-go yeah <laughs> well and it's also the depression so mm -hmm. you know they're desperate times opportunists and desperate housewives desperate housewives <laughs> <laughs> Des this movie could be called desperate housewife Damn, yeah just but she's like not even really a housewife yeah because she works too yeah i mean like unofficially yeah but anyway we digress again again um 
So we go through the courtroom drama section of the movie. Yeah. Which is fun. And I love the lawyer, Frank's lawyer. Yes. Uh, played by Hume Cronin. Sure. Who uh, is an actor who has had like decades, decades, decades long career. Um, so he was in this and he's been in a ton of movies and he was also in Cocoon. I don't know okay. if you remember Cocoon. I know the name. As an old man. And he's like, he's like really, I, he's passed now. Um, yeah. But he was married to Jessica Tandy who was also an actress and they had like this career together mm. where they would act together a lot. And she was Aww. also in cocoon Okay, and he's really um, charismatic and personal. He's one of like my favorite of the old guard actors. Okay. Yeah. I'm always in for a Hume Cronin. Also, he's got a really weird, memorable name. Hume. Yeah. Hume and Cronin. Hume Cronin. That sounds like <laughs> gangster slang. <laughs> Hume Cronin, bro. <laughs> so then she humed my Cronin. <laughs> If you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> I'm once again trying to go back to the remake. The, the, yeah, there's, they go through kind of the same legal stuff yeah. that gets you to the same result. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lawyer for... They, they, they do the same thing where she types out a confession, but it's not really going to the police. It's going to the... The lawyer has this guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the lawyer. The red-haired like, guy. I don't know. I was about to say secretary, but like, not lawyer's that. assistant. Assistant, man. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, types out her confession. He's like, yeah, see, that's why I let you do that because I needed you to get it out of your system. Right. And now, I'm handling it. Yeah, and that means <laughs> I'm handling. It. Yeah. <laughs> In case you weren't aware. <laughs> Shut up, will ya? I'm handling it. <laughs> yeah, and then the. So the courtroom scene in the remake where he's like, I'm handling it, is just, again, a lot more overacted, I guess. It's like watching Jim Carrey. Yeah. (laughs) Then we jump into an episode of Perry Mason. Yeah. Yeah, It's not great. Yeah. Um, Or L.A. Law, I guess, if it was the 80s, it would be an episode of L.A. Law. and, And also it's in L.A. That's right. So, yes. Um, but that, yeah. So basically they, they get off. They're fine. Yes. They, they don't are, get charged. They don't get charged. She gets probation and she has to stick around for six months, but she becomes famous for it. Yes. And notorious. What? She's got on notorious stories. Mm-hmm. Feet notorious C-O-R-A. <laughs> Feet notorious tea part. Tea part. And then business is booming because Mm -hmm. people want to come. People want to, this is a a truism of all humanity. People want to come eat lunch and get a beer Mm -hmm. from a woman that they think murdered her husband. Yep. I mean, that's honestly, I, I'm, that is a, a a human behavior that I think will stand the test of time. Yeah. That's why people go to Olive Garden. (laughs) But <laughs> though usually they're not famous for killing their husbands. I'm gonna make an offer you can't <laughs> Unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> Unlimited breadsticks and two entrees <laughs> for your family. For twenty four ninety five. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, so. They get off from the crime, but business is booming. She is sort of heading the restaurant 
She's and making something of herself. This yeah, is what she this always is wanted. exactly what she wanted. And but uh, Frank is still the handyman. But pe- people aren't just whispering that because she killed her husband allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're whispering because they're Cora and Frank are living in the same place while unmarried. Yes. <gasps> Scandal. What's worse than murder? <laughs> Whispered tones. <laughs> no. What's worse than murder is, uh, what do you fucking call it? Double murder? No. Super murder. I mean, yeah, that too. Mega murder. Yeah, mega murder, a.k.a. sex out of sight of marriage. Oh, infidelity. But, like, not really. Oh. Because he's already dead. Oh, that's right. No, it's, um. (laughs) Like, uh, this is the word I was trying to think of. Damn it. Why why is it not coming to me? I don't know. Frivolous fornication. Fornication. (laughs) Yes, it is. Fornication. Yes. Okay. Fornicators. Yeah. Those. Those. Flittering fornicators. <laughs> I don't know. They've, so, done it. They've done it so much, they're up to five indicators now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so, but the lawyer pays them a visit. Numbers to... humor. <laughs> Second only to alphabet humor. Sorry. Yes. Don't ever apologize. Back to, no, sorry for, I'm sorry, but I never apologize. You shut your mouth. <laughs> But their their lawyer comes to tell them, hey, there's some whispers around town, you see? Mm. And uh, so, so of course, like, I'll handle it. And then the next shot is them signing a marriage certificate. (laughs) (laughs) And at this point, Cora and Frank are already over each other. Yeah. Well, because they both ratted on each other in the process of the legal battle. The fallout from the legal stuff is that they no longer trust each other. Yeah, they basically just hate each other. Even so they're they like were... a real married couple in the 40s. I'll say. <laughs> Hetero couples, am I right? <laughs> I could have had a real ball and chain on my ankle and instead I got this. I got this date. Metaphorical ball and chain. <laughs> do you uh, want to do a scene? Sure. Okay, let's get to some dialogue that's like relevant. Oh, Oh my gosh, okay, let's I totally see. forgot. There's um Frank has an affair. He has an affair. Well, he has a he a tryst. He's got a why did the word a, trollop come to my mind? Yeah. A side piece. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. got a side hoe. Which, okay, this I want to compare and contrast mm-hmm. between versions. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Okay, so here we are in the story. Um she's successful. He's kind of not needed anymore yeah he like he works there but she's it's she bosses him around with none of the benefits that (laughs) from before (laughs) and they're not really friends either yeah they're it's just kind of hostile because to be fair they did both rat on each other but they were coerced into doing that but you know it doesn't matter it's their feelings right and it doesn't matter where those feelings came from they're there they're there Mm And so, so so Frank bounces to LA. Yes. And, and the way that he phrases it is he says, I gotta get that blonde out of my system. Mm-hmm. Classic line. Classic. I love, I love it. There's been blondes I've had to get out of my system. <laughs> I can't say the same for myself, but you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I don't think I've actually dated any blondes. No. I'm hair colorist. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, uh, the original, oh, this is what it is. He drops, 
Cora off at the train station because her mother, her, she has to go see her ailing mother. That's what it is. Her her mother dies. And then her she mother's sick. Sick, and she has to leave town. Yeah. yeah. And at the train station, he's like, oh, I gotta get that blonde out of my system. And he <laughs> sees... wait 10 minutes. He's like Don Draper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walks up to this lady who's like trying to start her car. He's like, wait, are we, me. are we in the remake or the original? We're in the original. We're in the original. Okay. Excuse me. You're flooding your carburetor. Yeah. And this lady, so risque for the time. She's like, oh, well, thank you. He's like, you'll have to wait a while. She's like, well, I'd rather wait standing up. It's hot in here, and that's a leather seat. And my skirt is quite thin. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you drop your pants right there? Oh, my God. Also, kind sir, I'm ovulating. <laughs> And it comes out, doesn't it, that she also owns a burger joint? Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's a running joke that everybody in L.A. just survives by selling burgers to one another. Uh Ha ha ha. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I'll wait for you. I'll cool down the seat. Oh, thanks. How does sitting in a seat cool it down? It does not. Okay, thank you. It doesn't. (laughs) It does not matter. She's like, oh, yes, dick. (laughs) (laughs) This is the the subtle dance of... (laughs) The subtle dance of, of fornication. Of flirting and foreplay and fornication. Of, of flirtication. <laughs> Dream of <it> flirtication. <laughs> Are we doing a Chili Peppers yes. podcast now? Yep. Okay, great. Uh, and I only know like five of their songs, so it's going to be short. <laughs> anyway, they're like, oh, what do you want to do or something? And he's like, oh, I'd like to have dinner. How, do you, how does Tijuana sound? How much time do you have? Right. And he's like, she's like, well, when will we get back? He's like, oh, I figure we stay there a week. And so they just do. They just do. And it's a whole thing they do because he's wearing the tie that Cora got him on mm-hmm. their wedding day, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. He leaves the tie in the lady's glove, glove box. Glove box? If you know what I mean. Literally the glove box. Please, Sierra. <laughs> Please. He does both. How uncouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, he does both. <laughs> He puts his penis in her vagina. Yeah. Oh, my mistake. Yeah. My mistake. I always think glove compartment, vagina. <laughs> I mean, if he put the necktie on his penis, maybe he did that, but it's implied. It was the 40s. You can't really show that. I mean, listen, they had some kinky sex happening in the original novel. So, like, what do we know? Hey. Hey. Anyway, so... Whatever that happens, that he has a week long affair in Tijuana, comes mm-hmm. back. Cora finds out because the lady comes to drop off his tie. That was, an- out of him. that was another convoluted thing. It was very convoluted. Yeah, it was like you could have found- whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. It was fine. It it tied up in ha ha <laughs> in a way. Yes, it they did so something that- with it other like rather than what they did with the echo, which was nothing. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So that Cora is able to, to say to Frank, ah, you piece of crap. Yeah, you, you cheated on me, even though this me. is a completely loveless marriage and we weren't going to have sex again anyway. Yeah. I digress. So, flash forward to the 81 version. I will give this movie credit for taking a severe left turn. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so in this version... Cora still uh, has to go yeah, because her mom is ill, so she leaves. Mm-hmm. He uh, is then at the ga- the train station again. 
I guess. I um, don't know. And it's like the same deal. He doesn't say I gotta get that blonde out of my system. He's just like trolling for tail. Yes. <laughs> he finds many tails. He does. <laughs> you may be wondering what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, Jump to it. <laughs> so, uh, Jack Nicholson runs into Angelica Huston. Houston? Huston? Huston? Houston? Whatever. Angelica. Huston, we have a problem. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Morticia Adams herself. Yes. Who, and I I found out, apparently they, like, the actors themselves were in an on-again, off-again relationship yes. outside of the movie. I did not know this. Yes. Jack Nicholson and Angelica Houston, they have a problem, Huston. <laughs> <laughs> they have a Huston problem. Um, but it turns out that Angelica... What's her name in the... It doesn't matter. The trollop in this movie. Okay, well, yeah. As played by Angelica Houston Huston. Is a lion tamer. Because of course she is. Why wouldn't she be? Straight up, like, Ringling Brothers. They have the whole... The cats in cages. The and caravan they, thing. The caravan. They have the, um, like, jugglers practicing in the background. Yeah. And it was like... I was watching this, I was like, whoa, where's yeah. this coming like, from? What? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Angelica Trollope has um, this black bob yes. haircut that uh-huh. is like Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and, and also looks, straight out of the 1920s. And it looks great on her. Like, to be fair. I love that To look. be fair. Yeah. Like, she had that going for her. If my hair could do that, I would probably <laughs> do that. It, I mean, it would take a lot of coaxing, I think. Yeah, uh, my hair would not do that. <laughs> Which is why I can pretend that it could, because there's yeah. no way it'd ever happen. That's unless, what wigs are for. Unless I had a wig. Yeah. And then I'd look like Sia. And then you could swing from the chandelier. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then also make a problematic film. But I digress. Which one? About, didn't she make, I don't know if it was a movie or a music video where it was like about it was like depicting somebody with autism, but it was like not an autistic person. And they were like caricaturizing it. Mm. It was really in poor taste. Mm. Okay. But I might've read something about that. It's a very large digression. Okay. From Trollope Lion Tamer. We're still talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Slash is in the movie. (laughs) You mean Flea? Yes. Okay. I mean Flea. This is the best Red Hot Chili Peppers cast we've ever done. Red Hot Chili cast. (laughs) I did mean flee. (laughs) Don't come for me. Um, So yeah, Lion Tamer. That's a thing. Which is just there. It's just, it just happens. You can have a big cat. Yeah. Well, you doesn't know. she like sick the cat on Cora or something? Or it, like it shows up in her bed. Yeah. Or she later. she. Oh, that's that's their version of the tie. Is she's like, hey, you know, take a yeah tiger. That's, that's my gift to you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. You hey, can... remember that time we fucked? Here's a tiger. <laughs> what? But it's like a it's like a mountain lion. It's not okay. a full tiger. It's like a but a large cat. A large that cat. one should not own. No. <laughs> It's a panther or uh, it might be a cougar. Hey, oh. Which, like, eh, yes. That it doesn't mean, really work because he's like the same age. Then. Yeah. Can I just say, because this movie, the remake, came out a year after The Shining. 
Okay. <laughs> so I just saw him yeah. just thinking about Jack Nicholson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have never seen him like I've never considered him as a um attractive guy. No. He's not handsome. No. Like he's charismatic. He's not like overtly unattractive necessarily, but it's not like you don't he's not a heartthrob. No. And neither is the original Frank, really, but like maybe that's just 2021 standard speaking, right, like I right. don't know. John Garfield, yeah. I I think he was a I think he was like a conventional attractive actor for the time, but maybe not like you know, a yeah. top tier looker like Cary Grant or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Jack Nicholson, like good actor. But, but this this was straight up a horror movie and not just because like, you know, he's fresh off the shining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I mean, yeah, going back to the original again with the initial their initial meeting and he's coming on like really, really strong with no signs of like uh, uh, give and take yes or yeah. like consent yeah. really but or it's, rapport yeah yeah but it's also like and you know it, it's still not great that he he that is still technically assault kissing somebody like that without like getting mm-hmm. their permission however it was a lot less rough mm-hmm. than what happens with jack nicholson yeah <laughs> Which, like, his character is kind of like that throughout the entire movie. Is just, like, predatory and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. evil-looking and kind of animalistic and, like, yeah. scary. That's a totally fair way to put that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, throughout the whole thing. And... Oh, also, so the ending of the original versus the remake... Okay, we're getting to the end. We're getting to the end. Okay, well, now. Unless there's anything else in between. Let's think here. Um, So he steps out with either a lion tamer or a a competing lunch house person. Not only was he cheating, he was cheating with the competition. Yeah. Sabotage. (laughs) Listen, all (laughs) y'all. It's a mirage. (laughs) Scheming on a thing. It's a sabotage. Uh, I always like to say that word is sabotage. I don't know. That's it, just, fair. it makes me smile. You, sometimes you got to put the emphasis on the wrong level. I did. I, that's what I did just now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we were going to do a scene oh, with, yeah. from dialogue <laughs> because ages ago, <laughs> because we, uh, we were queuing up this, right? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Cora and Frank. Oh, her name's Madge. Madge. There you go. Okay. All right, so Frank starts here. There, she's Cora's found out about this uh, tryst he's had. Mm-hmm. Frank goes, "That other girl, she don't mean anything to me." She told me you were going away with her. Why didn't I? I planned to, and I'll never come back. Why didn't I go away and never come back? Because we're chained to each other, Cora. Don't tell me you love me. I do. Oh, but love wouldn't mean a thing to me. Do you hate me? I don't know, but we've got to tell the truth for once in our lives. The truth. What do you know about the truth? Well, for one thing, I know that your tie was in that slut's car. Tie? What do you know about a tie? What do I know about a tie? I'm throwing it at you. I'm taking it in my hand. (laughs) Your little lady friend came here the other night and told me 
Then I should give this back to you. Why, this isn't my tie. This is a lion tamer's tie. Anyone can tell right here. Look at the tag. Right on the back, it says, property of it does. A period lion tamer. This must belong to Aaron Lion Tamer. Frank, I bought that specifically from a circus performer who was down on his luck. I bought you a present for our wedding to make it official. And you go ahead and you throw it in my face. I'm, this I'm, other one. I'm, I'm, I just Ugh. threw it in your face. It stinks of fornication. <laughs> How dare you fornicate with anybody but me? Uh, why are you always like that, huh? Yes, I am like that. We are man and wife, aren't we? The two of us, we never fornicated. Never once. We never even got up to three-nicating. Not even that time at the beach. Oh, the beach. Seemed like five-nicating to me. <laughs> Why you gotta pull on my heartstrings like that, huh? Why you gotta do that? You know how I feel about the beach. Oh, God. You said it yourself, we're chained together. <laughs> we were... Chained uh, together in the water. I remember that. When we, nearly drowned. when we swam, we had that chain tied to each other. What a terrible idea that was. No, it, it proved to me that I could trust you. And that octopus, you That octopus meant nothing to me. What, what was the octopus thing we said earlier? I don't know, Frank. I've had a lot to drink. <laughs> Ever since we've gotten our beer license, I understand why Nick was drinking all the time. Because he could. Because he could. As he could, you see, because he had 1940s. a miserable life. It's the 1930s. It's the 1920s. It's every year. Every year it's and every, the year after that. It's every year and no year when all you've got is being chained to our loveless wife who takes you to the beach and makes out with an octopus. Chained. We're chained. It's a chain of fools, I tell you. Well, I'm the only fool on this chain, apparently. And this chain's got one ball at the end of it. Mine. Yeah, I know. It was that unfortunate accident. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I was hoping you would go. <laughs> there was... That octopus took more than one thing from me. <laughs> he took exactly one thing from me. <laughs> Don't you see? Now we've got to conspire together to kill that octopus. I agree. It's going to take eight arms to hold our love. Even more than that. To hold the octopus. We're going to need help. We're going to need to hire that lion tamer. <laughs> they can handle animals, you see. She could handle an octopus, too. She can handle my <laughs> electric eel. But she can't handle my puss. <laughs> That's you're, one you're thing I now? simply won't do. <laughs> Don't clam up now, dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we've devolved into sex jokes. Wow, I think. <laughs> yes. And clam up is one of the uh, 1930s uh, noir gangster slang oh. that I had read earlier. I've got open on a tab here that uh, I was hoping to get to. So yeah, and we got there. We, you clammed up, didn't you? <laughs> you clammed right up and out of my life. You're really damn good at that. God, I feel like. I feel like we should do like a themed show or something Whoa. where it's all just like old timey movies. I love that. I mean, like on stage, Ooh. like we could do a podcast app or we could do, you know, either way. Yeah. Would you pay to see it? <laughs> People in our microphone. Now is your time to answer. It's your time to shine. 
Don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, put that. Put a button on that. Mm-hmm. Put a brooch on it. Put a bird on it. <laughs> put a bird on it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so they go back. They have in the original. They go back to the beach. She's distraught. Yes. They swim way out. This is another disappointing scene. It's it's really contrived again. Of it's, it's like a I don't want to say purity test, but like well, it's a test of like a trust. A trust action. Yeah. They could have just done trustful. <laughs> Honestly, it would have been so much easier. Yes. But this was like right out of Gattaca. Do you remember oh, that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they, yeah. they do, like, that's the thing. I never saved anything for the swim back. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. Also, you know, in the original, Cora, uh, Lana Turner, mm-hmm. she is always wearing white. Yeah. Except for three scenes where she wears black, um, where she's mourning her yeah. husband and then mourning her mom. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one. But anyway, but she's always wearing white. Like that in that first scene where you see her, it starts from the Quentin Tarantino shot, mm-hmm. and then it pans up mm-hmm. the feet, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it pans up, and it's it, it's fantastic, right? Yeah. Um, but she has this like wide-shouldered yes. blazer yep. that she wears to the beach, and she looks like David Byrne from The Talking <laughs> Heads. <laughs> like, but it's also it's also like a, a very forties. Fashion. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, I love she it. looks like one of the like bomb girls. Yes, Bond girls. Bomb. Bomb. What's like a... who would work in the bomb factories during the war? Oh, There's okay. A whole, there was a whole. It was actually a Canadian TV show of, called Bomb Girls, which I really liked. Okay, I, I don't. Digress. I don't know that. It was okay. on Netflix at one point in time. Um, the costumes, mm-hmm. the storyline, it was great. It was great. Set in the forties. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because it's set during World War II. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a the fashion in the original. I think is fantastic. Yes, I really liked that a lot. You know, the new one, like <laughs> they're all just in grubby browns. Yeah, which, like for the time I when guess it was it's more shot, accurate, I guess. Yeah, but it's less interesting to look at. Yeah, um, and also like harder to recreate because there are many more years between 1981 and 1930. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you did the math. I did not. But uh, I didn't get past five negating or six negating. Too far. Too far. Yeah, I mean, like the production value, I will say, in the remake was pretty decent. Yeah. The costumes and everything. And like the cinematography was. I mean, it was a real mountain lion. Yeah, they they got that going for them. Uh, so this takes us to the end of the story. Yes. And I can't remember in the remake, are the Frank and Cora are basically now like recommitted to each other. Yes. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. So back to the, when they swim out. When they swim out. Where, where, bleh, why I was disappointed as I was kind of hoping for a twist where like they swim out and like, because it's her idea. She's like, oh, let's. Frank, let's go for a swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they swim out like as far as they can. And what I thought was going to happen, what I was kind of hoping was going to happen, is that she would like drown him. Ah. <laughs> um, to you know, so that she could keep her, you know, keep stuff her. to herself. Um, I was like, that would have been really interesting. But also, it's the '40s, so that can't happen. She can't be the good guy in the end. Yeah, something bad yeah. has to happen. So what actually happens, you know, is like 
baseball match. She's like, oh, I'm too tired. <laughs> and she's like, will you carry me? I have to know that I can trust you. Yes. And I was like, okay. And he, he like swims back holding her. And it's like, okay. Fucking he swims her back. They're so then they're recommitted to they're each recommitted other. They're recommitted to each other, yeah. And it comes out. Dun, dun, dun. She got a bun in the oven. Mm-hmm. It's presumably his bun. Because mm-hmm. she's never seen stepping out. And it's been enough time yeah. that it's not Nick's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, would it have been Nick's? That did not seem like a very... In the 40s one, no. I don't... Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, right, in the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ha, ha. So anyway, yeah. It's like, hey, I'm pregnant. And they're like, oh, yay. We get to start our new life together yeah. now. He's and, like, oh my God, we didn't even mention the lawyer or like the lawyer's assistant comes back. I mean, we oh, mentioned it briefly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. That, this is like right after they. The story just like. It's just It meanders. goes left, right, left, right. <laughs> yeah. So. Back in the courtroom phase, she had typed up a confessional confession, and um, the lawyer's assistant, he... Yeah, he, he's like, that's locked in a safe. Nobody's ever going to see it. Yeah, he went, and then he quits, and he takes the paper with him, and he's like, he goes up. It, it's pretty dumb what he's it trying really to do. It really is. And yeah. it's like, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah. So he tries to shake them down for 10 grand or something. Yeah, he's like, I, because that's how much they got from the insurance policy. Right, which actually ended up paying the lawyer because the lawyer was he, corrupt. But he said, I should keep all of this. Oh, but that's right. I won the $100 bet, so you can keep this. In the, in the, in the 40s version, yeah. he's a good guy. Ish. In the... <laughs> um, in the eighties version, he's yeah, just he's, blatantly. He's a slime ball and yeah. he gets the, the insurance payout because he connived with the insurance yeah. guys. The whole insurance thing is it's it, the details are not important. Yeah. But um, so now this this guy comes up and he's trying to blackmail them. And Frank just basically resolves the problem by just beating him up. Just clobbers him, and then they take his gun. gun. And it's Cora's like holding him at gunpoint, and they're like, call your boss and tell him like yeah, bring the bring the paperwork here. Yeah. They're gonna pay, and then they trick him out, and yeah, and yeah, they just get the confession paper back. They get it back, but then Cora's also like, "Well, I've got a million of those," yeah. and it's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, that was <laughs> odd. That was odd. <laughs> then why did anyway? So that happens, and it also happens in the remake. Mm-hmm. More violence. In it's the more remake. violent, and it's whatever. It, it happens. Yeah. So flashing forward again um, <laughs> to, to the denouement to the, the denouement um, in the original I get it for its time watching it now it's absolutely bizarre mm-hmm. um, so in the original well this happens kind of in both spoiler alert they're driving and then like a fence comes out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. and she's like, look out. He crashes the car. They're driving um, they're, and they're talking about like they're the like, kid. They're talking about, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like so happy that they're smooching and he's he's driving and yeah. he's distracted and he's not And then they look the back at the road. And he just goes straight in. In the original, he goes straight into a fence. Yeah. In the remake, like another car is coming the other way and then he yeah. spins around. She gets yeah. thrown out of the car, bashes her head and then she's gone. Yeah. Um, 
in the remake, I think that's just the end. No, no, there's the final scene. Is there? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The remake. Yes. No, in the remake. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> me, me words bad. Okay. In the original, they, the final scene is he's back in jail. Yeah. And they've got him for like murdering her. Yes. Or even, even though it was an accident and he didn't really murder her, mm-hmm. they, they, they like, just but kind then of, they were charging him because the like judge was like that they mentioned it like oh if you so much as park wrong like yeah. you're gonna go to jail yeah and yeah. so they were coming after right. Frank again because he was he didn't end up being charged for the original crime so they couldn't. So they could try him, but they couldn't try Cora again. Yeah. So they had that law in place. You can't be tried twice for the same. Anyway. Double indemnity. <gasps> Which is another great noir. Mm, but I, haven't, I, I haven't seen that, but yes. Um, yeah, I saw it at the Carolina. It was very good. Cool. Um, we won a magnet from a raffle when we saw it. But anyway. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Frank is in prison about to, well, about to be like, about yeah. to have he's getting the death penalty yes by like gas chamber which is really yeah that's um, what they did then yeah yeah but also it's 1946 and the whole yeah it yeah. feels very yeah um but he's talking to a priest because like he's mm-hmm. about to die <laughs> and he's like do you think Corin knew you know <laughs> that i loved her and blah 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 and they're like, oh, actually, she wrote this note. It must have been like the same day she died and how much she loved you and blah, blah, blah. And so he's like, he's like I get the sense that she knows and like forgives you. And he's like, oh, well, Frank is like, well, I'm glad to know that like she knew in the end I didn't do it on purpose or whatever. Yeah. And so now what's really happening is I'm um, like being put to death for murdering Nick. That's the thing. And then he says, postman always rings twice. It rang twice for Cora, meaning she ended up dying in a car crash. Mm-hmm. And it rang twice for him because he ended up in prison anyway. Even though he's going to prison and he's getting punished for something he didn't do, but it, in the grand scheme of things, yes. he views it as his punishment for something he did do. Yeah, exactly. Which is really mature, I thought. Yeah. Of him to be like, you know what? I did some shit and now I got to pay the piper. Yeah. yeah. And he, but he was also like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And to the priest or whoever, he's like, father, if you could pray for me, if you could make it, if you could find it in your heart to make it so that Cora and I are together, <laughs> that'd be swell. <laughs> he just yeah. like looks upwards <laughs> at God, I yeah. guess. And then it's just like the end. Yeah. And, and then the famous line at the end where, as you said, where he's talking about the postman always rings twice because there's no postman in the movie. Shocker. Yeah. Not plot a, twist. There's no even like plot issue with something getting mailed Mm-mm. or, yeah. You guys, it's a metaphor. Yeah. Symbolism. I just had this dream and this monkey was banging these meaningless <laughs> symbols. So then I named my movie A Monkey Banging Mean in the Symbols. It was a hit. Which takes a, a <laughs> which takes us to the ball dropping that the that the remake does. Yes. Is because at the very end, 
There's the car crash. Mm-hmm. It, the, the effect is the same. There's a yeah. car crash. Car is thrown from the car. She dies. She dies. He uh, goes and like, he's holding her hand as she's, you know, dead. Yeah. Um, and he's just bawling his eyes out. Yeah. And I will say, you can clearly see that she's breathing. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I was like, did she even try? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder if they put like a plastic thing in yeah, the belly. I don't know. Maybe it was the 81. Maybe they didn't care. Um, but I always look for that when someone's like playing dead. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Cause but, I mean, they did it in psycho very convincingly. Uh-huh. Like she, Janet Lee kept her eyes open for like decades. <laughs> <laughs> like that is dedication. Yeah. And then, uh, Jessica Lang was just like, no, nope, like, I'm full on breathing. Yeah. She's like, you've got me filming for a half day. I don't care. Get your shot. <laughs> and I'm out of this junk. So that's the end of the movie. Yeah, and that's He's just, just crying. End. Boom, the end. No discussion of the postman. Right. So like or if the... you hadn't seen the original, you'd have no idea. Yeah. Why the hell it was just called the postman always rings twice. Right. There's no ringing. If you, there's, well, no... <laughs> there's no postman. There's no postman. Nothing happens twice. <laughs> Why is there no postman? <laughs> What's the deal with the lack of postman? <laughs> Why would you go from a postman movie to a non-postman movie? <laughs> yes. Uh, that's the end. And that's the end. Let's see. Do we have? Yeah, I've got the line. The um. Do you want to read it? Do you want to perform it? Sure. It's between. Yeah, it's Sackett, the um, Sackett, the lawyer. So, yeah. who do you want to play? Um, I'll do Frank. Sackett's the DA. That's what. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So you're gonna be. Can you please be frank? <laughs> Get it together. I'm Sackett the DA. All right. Sackajuia? <laughs> <laughs> That'll cost you a dollar. Okay. <laughs> I got to do a different voice now because I had been frank. Okay. Mm. Suppose you got a stay of execution, a new trial, an acquittal of killing Cora. Then what? Last night they auctioned off the fixtures of the Twin Oaks. The man who bought the cash register found a note in the back of the drawer. He brought it to me. It's addressed to you. Cora wrote it. It's a very beautiful note, Frank, written by a girl who loved a, va- loved a man very much. I imagine it was written earlier the very night she died. A note of farewell, isn't it? She did try to run away that night. And since she had no idea anyone would ever see that note but you, it therefore has in it just enough of a confession to convict you of helping her kill her husband. So if you were to leave this room because you didn't kill her, you'd soon be right back here again for helping her kill Nick. What's the use? Then then what's going to happen to me is not because I killed her? No, laddie, for killing Nick. You know, there's something about that that's like, well, it's like you're expecting a letter that you're just crazy to get. And you hang around the front door for fear you might not hear him ring. You never realize that he always rings twice. What's that? He rang twice for Cora, and now he's ringing twice for me, isn't he? That's about it. The truth is, you always hear him ring the second time, even if you're way out in the backyard. That's right. And even if you're getting a mosquito treatment done in your yard, they also ring, but they ring three times. Guess how many times the gardener rings? (sighs) Listen, I'm just trying to die. Can we wrap this up? 
I'll say. <laughs> the comedy routine you've been doing for the boys down in cell block D is just tanking every night. You're the only you're the only stiff here in the clink that's dying every night. Listen, it ain't my fault. My wife with a baby on the way was killed tragically. Oh, you know the story. I do. I got a note right here. Spells it out nice and clear. Only, Say. Only problem is, I'm illiterate. <laughs> I don't know why I'm sharing all this with you. I guess I feel like you're about to die. You can take this to the grave with you. It's a way to get stuff off my chest. Well, at this rate, is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. I faked every orgasm. <laughs> I thought what we had was real. <laughs> Your whole life's been a lie, Frank. <laughs> How could I not have realized this? Sometimes the postman rings three times. <laughs> he rang nuns for me, I'll tell you that. All right, all right, I get it. I've spent all my years trying trying to figure out how to satisfy a woman. <laughs> I've, ne I've never known a man. <laughs> Clearly, I'll say. I mean, I don't mean to lay it on thick for a guy who's about to go get into a Chicago trench coat, which is slang that means a coffin. But uh, I just want you to know right before you die that none of your jokes landed <laughs> with the inmates and you could not pleasure me physically. <laughs> Listen here, dick. I'm glad I never get to see your dick again. <laughs> That's the problem. You weren't even looking at it. You were so misinformed on what to do. Well, I thought it was a sin. It wasn't a sin against God unless I looked at it. <laughs> In for a penny, in for a pound, you, you worthless lump. I've uh, had enough. Come on, you gotta work the shaft and cradle, <laughs> cradle the balls. What was it? What was it the core always used to say? Cradle the balls. Cradle work the, the balls. Shaft. <laughs> so she was a woman of ill repute. Only, only between us. She would never do that with anybody else. <laughs> okay, weren't you trying to die? <laughs> Off with you. Frank dies. Dancing. <laughs> wow. Frank, Frank Stallone? <laughs> Where did that go? That was amazing. <laughs> I know that's not him. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Close enough. It says to sound like you're vomiting. So not to return to cradle the balls and work the shaft, but <laughs> uh, I went so, I went there. <laughs> this is on me. Have you seen Lady Dynamite? No. Oh, okay. I mean I've no I know that urban legend. And I, it was mentioned on Big Mouth recently. What? I feel like we're talking about two different things. The Sylvester Stallone. Okay. One step at a time. Sylvester okay. Stallone, cradle the balls, work the shaft. Yeah. That's something he said. He was overheard 
say really okay yes okay he, he was in he was on a movie you can look this up dear dear listener he was Slash on a movie myself. He, was, <laughs> he was in a trailer um and he was being visited by a fan and like the the, the story goes that he had a like a microphone on or <laughs> Or it was in the room, and like the PA guy had like turned oh it on, God. so it was being broadcast. Oh no! To like the whole crew, and and he's he's Nick Crawl does this better than oh, okay. of course, but he's like, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta cradle. Come on, you gotta cradle the balls. You gotta work the shaft. And so okay. then apparently a bunch of people heard it. Got it. Maybe there's a recording of it. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay. Okay, so what is Lady Dynamite? Got it. So that is Maria Bamford's Netflix show. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> so this is where I was like, that that phrase comes to mind uh, when watching this show because there's a scene where like she's talking to her agent. Um, I think when she's in her like manic phase mm. um, where she's basically she's making a lot of money and her uh, agent is like, well, now you know what to do. You got to cradle the balls and work the shaft. And then they just start singing it. Cradle the balls and work the shaft. Oh my God. Wow. It's, oh, you got to watch it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially the first season. The second season is like still good, but. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I will also give credit. I don't want to steal anything. Um, the line, I faked every orgasm is from the naked gun. I mean, I'm sure it's from a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's also from real life. Not, <laughs> not that I'd know. We, we hope not. And uh, <laughs> no, there's in, in Parks and Rec, I think, um, between, I don't know if you've watched it. No, I haven't. Okay. Well, anyway, Ron um, and his ex-wife, okay. she's like toxic. And they when they meet up, it's just like a, a sex romp constantly. Okay. <laughs> and she's like... I don't know. They like get mad at each other and she goes, Oh yeah. Well, last night I faked four out of the seven. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a common saying. Nice. Is that played by his real life? Wife? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Megan Mullally. 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 It's yeah. 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 It's got three L's. She's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. She voices a lot of characters on um, Bob's Burgers, I think. Mm, okay. Cool. Well, now that we're talking about Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Which I've never seen also. Yeah, I know. I know. Kidding me, Jan? Yeah, well. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? There's too much media. Like, yeah. You can't watch it all. That's true. You can't. That's true. I still haven't watched Rutherford Falls. Yeah. So. Yeah. I can't be mad. No. Well, folks, this was a great one. <laughs> it's I only two and a half hours long. Yeah. Almost as long as the remake of Tea Party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're at two hours. Just a cool two. It's a fine. cool two. Hey, it's worth it. This was fantastic. We are Magnum Oops, and you just heard us do our thing. So if you have ideas for show topics, then by all means, reach out to us. We can be found on social media at Magnum Oops Pod, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook page. 
we have an email, magnumoosepod at gmail.com. And Sierra, as we say at the end of every episode, cats know nothing about electricity. Love it. <laughs> or they also know nothing about working this shaft and creating balls. Because <laughs> it's barbed. You wouldn't want to work that shaft oh, no. barbed. Why did I go there? <laughs> okay, good night. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Cue the theme song.